Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program as we are at Radio Row NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, and it's so great to be here as we've got a bunch of great shows coming your way the next few days with guests including but not limited to Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network, Greg Cosell from NFL Films, James Palmer from NFL Network. He will be with us a little bit later on today, but let's start the show right here. Johnny Harris and I welcome in Nick Casario, general manager, your Houston Texans. You've heard of him. Nick, how's it going? Better than I'm here Yeah, <laughs> with you two. <laughs> That's true. And we're going to address this right now because I want people to know this. I wore the vest because it's Nick Casario Day at the Combine. What do you have to say for yourself not wearing a vest? I'm saying I left it in my closet. I wore it on the plane last night. Okay. I thought I would be warm enough. Um, with the long sleeves that I have on. So I know that's an important piece of information to Texans Nation out there. So So two years ago, it's your first offseason for the Texans, and no combine. The last two years, you have the combine. How was it different then, and how has your routine changed or adjusted? Yeah, it's you're still accumulating information. That year, we just had to go about it a different way. So this is an opportunity for, I would say, more in-person dialogue and discussion. Um, Not only the college players, but essentially every agent is here as well. So as you work towards free agency, you know, you start to have some, I would say, initial discussions and dialogue with some different folks. Nothing really comes to fruition until, you know, that second week or whatever it is in March. So this is more opportunity for everybody to kind of be in one spot. So um, that's probably the, the biggest change from what happened that first year to kind of where we are now. Nick, I don't know how often you came to the Combines when you were with New England. I would imagine you came to a few. But the interview process, we're talking with Dave McGinnis, and he was talking about how things have changed. And I thought about the interview process <laughs> because he said it used to be the wild, wild west. You could just oh, no, grab a guy. I was a, a part of that. Oh, yeah. How is it – how – is it better or worse or just different? I'll go behind the scenes. No, All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go well, it's the totally scenes. different. So we were in the train station. So essentially each team still had a room. But really it was just a corridor, and there was no time limits. So you could really grab people as they were walking through the hallway. So if you saw a player, you wanted to talk to a player, like you literally would grab them into your room, and you could have, I don't know, 50 people in your room at the same time. So whether it was multiple (laughs) players, multiple staff members, however many you could fit in, I mean, it was chaos. And then you'd have people knocking on the door, and they want to grab them around a corner. So the the best thing to combine is really normalize it and say, okay, everybody has a room. They're going to kind of organize it. They put it in 15, 20-minute blocks. They blow the horn, so then they go from room to room. So now we've transitioned out of the train station. Now everybody has a suite in Lucas Oil. Same time parameters. You have some time parameters in place, so you have 20 minutes now. We actually have less players that we can speak to. It's gone from 60 to 45 where you can actually do – formal interview and then you have the informal that that really hasn't changed so it's certainly evolved um you know the combine's done a great job at that but going back to what coach said it absolutely was the case it was the you literally so you were grabbing them, play and you keep them as an long hour? and you'd have coaches i mean getting stances or <laughs> ask what i mean literally it, it was it was like you went to a rave like literally i yeah. mean that's what it was so thankfully sanity has prevailed yeah. um and everybody is productive with their time I don't know. I was getting into the rave thing. <laughs> Nick, can you give us an example of a question you might ask during one of those interviews? What yeah. are prospects? What are you going to ask? Yes. Um, if there's some introductory things you want to try to go through, most of the background we have on the player, but you may ask a football-specific question when you start talking about, hey, what happened on this player? I was watching this game, and on this particular play, this is what happened. Can you articulate your thoughts, or you can articulate your role, what happened on the play, or – 
Give us an example of your in-season routine. So post, you know, so those are some of the things that you're trying to get information from the player, just kind of see how they think, how they process, what do they prioritize, what's important. From a football standpoint, when you're watching, when we're watching prospects, if you see something happen, we don't really know what they're being told or what they're being coached or what happens on the play. So they might be able to shed some light. Well, on this play, we were trying to do this, and the receiver missed this, so it forced us to do something else. So those are the types of things you just, in terms of the information gathering process, that's what we're really all here to do. So you're just trying to get clarity so you have a clear picture and a vision at the end when we have our profile on the player, like we have all of our questions answered. Nick, you talked about the number of players you can interview here. Obviously, there's a number that you can have. You talk about the 30 visits and all that. But if there's somebody that you want to interview at some point, they don't fall into either one of those buckets, how do you go about getting the information and having an interview with a player at that point? Yeah, so you can uh, you can always go visit a player on campus over before their pro day if you need to spend some time there. And then you're allowed uh, basically three individualized Zooms up to an hour oh. with a particular prospect. So if a position coach needs to follow up or spend more time, they can do that. They can only do one a week, but right. you have opportunities in different checkpoints. Sure. So then – we have the players that we'll bring into NRG, so you're allowed 30, but then there's some also some players that qualify as sort of local candidates, so you might be able to go beyond 30, even though you're you're still staying within the, the parameters from a compliance standpoint. So it's any question you have to get answered, like this is your opportunity between now and the end of April, like you better get it answered so that when you're making a pick on the player, you have as much readily available information so you can make a very thoughtful decision, you know, for the organization. What's the best drill, if there is one, to evaluate a player regardless of position group? This one for the offensive line will tell you more than you or more than any other drill for an offensive lineman or a DB or whoever it might be. Yeah, they've modified actually some of the offensive line drills to make it a little more realistic. I think one of the best drills that they run, and it really works on both sides of the ball, is the gauntlet drill. So where okay. you can actually see a guy run and catch at full speed. So they do it for offensive skill players, and then the defensive skill players, they just, when they catch it, one scores a touchdown, the other one scores a touchdown going the other way. But hand-eye coordination, adjustment, body control, those types of things, like that's a drill I would say. When you watch that drill, you can definitely see some things as it pertains to their individual skill set. As you're here at the Combine, you mentioned it a little bit. Interviews are at night, correct? So how, how do you – is that how that, it works yeah, or is so it all day? until the workouts start, essentially the interviews in the evening. So we call it 7 to 11, little right. block, whatever the right. time is. And then – is it tomorrow or the day after? There's a morning uh, interview component, then you right. have a little bit of break, and then you finish up in the evening. And then at some point, the individual workout drills will, will get sprinkled in. So at that point, Nick, obviously the prospects are the big thing here, but you have so much to take care of because new league year starts in a couple of weeks. You talked about all the agents. Obviously, there are free agents on the Texans. There are free agents you might want to talk to. How do you compartmentalize kind of all the time to make sure that you hit all those bases in your role as a general manager? The best thing you can do is just try to stay organized and be very purposeful. You know you can't talk to everybody. Right. You're not going to want to talk to everybody. Who are the people that you really need to talk to or want to talk to? Understanding when we leave Indy, there's going to be a lot of follow-up work that's done next week. So I'd say the focus this week is kind of, on the, the college players, there's some pro free agency discussion. All right, when we get back from uh, from Indy, it'll be really free agency prep next week. We'll actually start to bring some of uh, the uh, draft prospects into NRG here throughout the course of March, not necessarily wait until April. So just have to stay organized. You have to prioritize what do we really need, who do I really need to talk to, and then just make sure you get the information that is required. 
What about the rodeo? What do you tell them about that when they visit? <laughs> and tell, I tell them to avoid uh, the dining hall because the entire rodeo staff is in there eating. Yeah. But I the food, the food's a little different than <laughs> yeah. the rodeo, right? It doesn't have the lad touch on that, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. sure. Oh, gosh, that's so good. Nick Casario joining us at the Combine. Medical information, how much of it is shared and how much is exclusive? We found out this guy's a hangnail, and we're not going to tell anybody. Does that happen? What can you tell us? Yeah, everybody's really getting the same information from the combine. So how you grade that, how you interpret it, that's a team-by-team -team decision. But essentially, everybody is getting the same medical information. How you interpret it, maybe it's a little bit different for from team to team. But for the most part, the majority of them, you're going to see it the same way. We'll grade the players medically just like we grade them for what they do on the field. We'll have a medical grade, which will go into kind of their profile doesn't necessarily disqualify a player it just means that okay this player falls into this category you just have to be alert and then if the player does have an injury what's the likelihood for recovery what's the prognosis when he's going to be available is it kind of a normal recovery or is this an injury that could potentially prevent him from being on the field so but in terms of the individual players here I don't want to say everybody's kind of sharing information because it's all 32 teams have their training staff have their doctors here so everybody's kind of getting the same information. The interpretation of it may be a little bit different. Nick, as it pertains to 2022, it's hard to look back, but you've got a new coaching staff that may want to get up to speed on certain players and that. Now the coaching staff is complete. How has the evaluation gone from your angle and from theirs to try and figure out, okay, what's here, what's staying here, what's not, and where do we need to go and what are our priorities going forward? No, you said it. That's essentially what we've done here the last few weeks. So give the new staff an opportunity to evaluate our players, evaluate our team. What's your take on that player? How do you see that player? Here are the players that are under contract. Here are the players that are free agents. Are there players that we're going to want to resign? Are you interested? Are they the right fit? So we want their input. We want their evaluation. I mean, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way uh, share of information. So regardless of what I think or thought, okay, we're kind of starting over. So take the information. Okay, here's some thoughts. All right, what do you guys think? What does D'Amico think? Ultimately, that's the most important thing. And then ultimately arrive at an end point. And once we make a decision, it's a Houston Texan decision, and then we're all going to be collectively aligned on it. Nick, I think it's a federal law that media must speculate on trades, uh, <laughs> and we won't do federal that. Law. But wow. when do those conversations start up? How do they happen? I know it's got to be different every time, every year, but are the seeds planted and then maybe something gets pulled later? How do you work yeah, that? Yeah, I think as you get a little bit closer here to the start of the league year, you might start to see some things come to fruition. So kind of the early stages. Once a new league year starts, you'll probably have a little bit more player movement. Um, and then that'll be one component. And then as we get a little bit closer to the draft, kind of a little bit in April, you may have some discussions and some jockeying. Um, but there's really no timetable on it, Mark. I would say is there a time that's ever too early? Not necessarily. But I think as you get closer to the new league year, you start to see some of that come to fruition a little bit more. I know you don't know this, but I'm about to alert you. You are going to trade a second and a third to move up to number one. I know you didn't oh, know this. Oh, is that what we're doing? That's, oh, what wow. you, that's what you're doing. That's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, just that making was sure. Yeah, that, that, that's been out there. Along those lines, you're going to see a lot of that. That's where I'm going. You're going to see a lot of that, and there's a lot of noise about all that, whether trades or players you sign or extensions and all that. How do you sort of block all that noise out and kind of make sure that the players, the prospects, know the real deal as opposed to what might be out in our world, the media world, we're hearing about trades and all this kind of stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's the world in which we live. So try to maintain open lines of communication. Try to communicate honestly and openly with the players that there's a particular situation. And just stay disciplined in your approach. Yeah. You know, we can't necessarily worry about what are some of the things that are going on externally, what's said, what's not said, what source said this. I mean, to your point, John, a lot of this is speculation. Right. A lot of it's noise. So we'll arrive at an end point, and when it's time to make a decision, we'll be prepared to make a decision. Nick, combine future. Can you do this event in another place? I guess you could always do something in another place, but your thoughts on the prospect of moving it. It's this year and next year, and who knows where it goes from there. Yeah, uh, and I've said this, you know, privately, and I'll say it publicly. I think what Indianapolis does to accommodate the team from a combine perspective is, is awesome. Um, just logistically, from an operational perspective, it works very well. Um, if there is an adjustment that's made at some point, I think teams will adjust and adapt. But, I mean, honestly, they can't probably do it any better. Another city, it'd be hard to imagine another city doing this event better than the way Indianapolis does it. So, from the location of the hospital, the way the hotels are situated, the, the dome, the proximity of everything. And, like, you literally get from one hotel to inside the stadium without going outdoors. So, just it works. It works on a lot of levels. So I think everybody is certainly comfortable. If there's an adjustment that's made at some point, then we'll have to adjust and adapt accordingly. Well, if you had to go outside, maybe you could wear the vest at that point. I mean, <laughs> the vest you know. will definitely be adorned here at some yeah, point. Yeah, there's yeah, no absolutely. question. So you're doing a lot of shows other than us. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is the only show that matters. So. Yeah, the only yes. show that matters, of Confirmed course. It right here. But do you have a favorite national show to go on? I mean, what is it like? I you're really on Florio Sims. I don't do too many Sims. shows. Yeah, I've yeah. actually gone on with Florio and Sims back-to-back -back years, so I don't yeah. think anybody thought that would ever happen. But, um, <laughs> but no, I, like Chris and I worked together, actually, in right. New England for a little oh, that's bit. That's right. And so we were together, so... Um, you know, Mike's done a great job kind of developing his platform, and, right. you know, he has a voice. So, you know, always happy to go on and visit with those guys. All right, 2-12, and 12, tell us what's going to happen. 2-12. <laughs> and 12. Oh, that's assuming we're picking it 2-12. <laughs> so. I thought you just had him making a trade, Johnny. What are you doing I know, here? second and third. It's already <laughs> happening. So I guess we're not at 2 anymore. We're at 1-12. One and, one and 12. <laughs> Nick, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks, fellas. All right, there's the GM of your Texans, Nick Casario. Now let's get into some nuances of what is going on here behind the scenes and with coaches and GMs talking to various media members. Uh, one of them is James Palmer from NFL Network. What does he have to say about what he's been hearing so far? It's all coming up here on Texans Radio. So great to have you listening. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you at the NFL Scouting Combine. And as promised, let's get to our good buddy, James Palmer. And by the way, we're going to have... Before we get to you, James, we're going to have D'Amico Ryans on the show to lead off tomorrow. Also, Daniel Jeremiah, Greg Cosell, other guests that will be appearing this week. But here's James Palmer, NFL Network and former CSN Houston employee. Mm -hmm. And you know the city well. First of all, it's great to see you. Great Thanks to a lot see you for, guys. for coming aboard here. Can we just start off with Mark's picture? <laughs> the 40-year picture? Yes. Yes, go ahead. I'd like oh to, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Listen. I don't know how many people, let's see, I don't know how many people I follow on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what the exact number is. Mm -hmm. It's 891 people. Right. Scrolling through that timeline, that was the best tweet I had seen in a number of days. Sitting next to me on the plane, he looks at me and he shows it to me and says, should I tweet this? And I was like, without hesitation. Well, like, <laughs> I, you probably used some bad words to emphasize the yes part of it. Like, <laughs> yes, you put that out there. My forty. awesome. My 40-year, I'm like, good Lord. Look, nothing like that. What, that was incredible. What song were you playing? 
you know? I, it's an original, probably, because ah. that was from a uh, that was from a gig we did. Uh, it was like this battle of the bands, and there was a pro photographer there. My mother actually paid for a picture. <laughs> uh, and she said, "You're gonna thank me one day," and I thank her because she's right. I, at the time, I thought I don't care about a picture, but ah. now I care. I was 18 years old when I took that. 18 pic. Me, years old. Me, it was an original. Yeah. And it was this gig. Sounds like he's on American <laughs> like, Idol. Yeah, what will you be singing today? I will be singing an original. I, have I can give you the set list probably. You know, <laughs> we, we played originals. We, we didn't mess That's around. Awesome. We didn't play covers. Well, we played a few police songs. That was about it. So, and I didn't sing those. Believe I was about me. to ask you. If nah, you were that was the basis singing those. Okay. I sang my songs low <laughs> range. Yeah, I can still. See. I can see Marco. And I, only, I only play my own. Songs. I'm not singing your cover. <laughs> you can sing every breath. So it takes. to use a line. <laughs> From uh, Office Space, James, what do you do here? What do you do here at the Combine? What's the job description for this week, James? So right now on NFL Network, we're in the midst of, I don't know, six to eight hours of live television. And wow. I more or less run around like an idiot uh, stalking every head coach and general manager to get, like, some sort of information about, like, a, a day like today is a lot of, Hey, are you are you gonna tag so and so? What's the chances of a long term deal with blank? Are you gonna release so and then run on to NFL Network and be like to one of the producers sitting by our stage, hey, I got good stuff with you know say we're talking Texans. I got good stuff with with the Texans. Throw me on right now. Ask me about blank and blank. And so it's just kind of that. Like it's really kind of fun because it's like all of us with our hair on fire over there going like. Hey, you know, like Nick just came off the podium or, you know, Brett Beach from the Chiefs just came off the podium. I'm going to try to grab him on the side and see what they want to do with Orlando Brown at left tackle. Like, you know, and, and, and try to get those little side conversations uh, to kind of bring fans a ton of, like, transactional maybe, uh, I don't know, nuggets nuggets, and, yeah. and, and maybe, like, predictions mm -hmm. of what we may see coming up uh, with all these, these deadlines. It's less, honestly, today about the actual draft. Right. More about the NFL. Sure. Yeah. And along those lines, James, how do – because you were in that role and people know you're in that role, do you have people that are reticent to talk to you because they're <laughs> worried about what could get out there? I mean, is that happening well, at all? I, I mean, I think they know why you're approaching them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if they don't want you to – they don't want oh, you to know, they're not going to tell you. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> it's, it, it is something like, you know, say there is a, a particular player that – a team is going to have to do an extension with. I mentioned the Chiefs. This isn't a direct example, but, like, they're probably going to have to pay Chris Jones an astronomical number yes. uh, this offseason, and probably Chris deserves it. Um, and so the GM or the head coach or the scout or the whoever it is, hey, what are you hearing about the market of other D-tackle? Like, what, what do you think other teams would pay him in the open market? There's a lot of, like, exchanging of information yeah. so everybody can kind of be a little bit more informed so hopefully they make – the best decision possible like there's a lot of times there's guys in this league that think i'm worth blank yeah. and uh, the gm of that team's like i don't think you are right. hey james do other teams value him at this and it's like no it's like, <laughs> it's like oh okay now i know that that you know that number is probably something we shouldn't even mess around with right james palmer joining us on texans radio all right, so your thoughts on the Texans situation with the second pick in the draft and number 12 as well, and this is pre-free agency, but what are you thinking from where you sit, James? I think, honestly, Mark, I really do think, like, this, I don't know if it's going to equate to wins. This is, like, one of the very few teams that the league is really excited to watch this offseason. No lie. Like, mm -hmm. it's just an interesting, fun offseason ahead for the Houston Texans and I think just I think it's for a few reasons one 
I the league, the consensus is last year's draft class was really good, and they think mm. it's going to be a class to keep your eye on for several years. Lovey's not with the team anymore, but him playing those guys, all the snaps that they played this past year, I think it's going to really benefit D'Amico, and that was something that Lovey wanted to do from the jump with guys like Stingley and, and you know Petrie and all those guys. Um, I, I think that plays a part. I think D'Amico coming home plays a massive part. I mean, just massive. I, the consensus around the league is this. Like, the two best hires in the league were D'Amico Ryans and Frank Reich. Like, mm-hmm. those were the two best head coaching mm-hmm. hires this offseason. And I think, to steer it to Frank for a second, you look what getting the right head coach does for the rest of the staff can change everything. They gave Frank car blanche for, like, uh, David Tepper was like, what do you want to spend on your staff? Because I don't wow. really care. He got blank and check for he, his staff. He essentially did. I yeah. mean, I'm not saying blank, but, like, it's like it's a lot of cash to put that staff together. And you look at what he's putting together in Carolina, and you're like, hoo-hoo-hoo, yeah. that's a good staff. It's it's why people are looking at them and looking at and looking at Houston because of D'Amico and the way players want to play for him. Yeah. And you have free agent money. And talking to some people in San Francisco, it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if some guys on both sides of the ball would want to come down to Houston to play for D'Amico. He's that loved, and they have money. It's it, that's mm. Those are all reasons why people are interested in seeing Houston, as well as they haven't even put a quarterback in play yet, and all that excitement I mentioned is already there. Yeah, Jordan Poyer is uh, one of those that said, hey, I want to go play where they don't take half my check because of state taxes. <laughs> well, I got the state for you, Mr. Yeah. Poyer. Now, I don't think that's the kind of signing the Texans should make, um, even though I love Jordan Poyer. Just, I, I think dollars need to be spent in a, in a, in a smart and intelligent way. It's going to happen. So Very let's talk so. about that quarterback situation because right now, there's one on campus, if you will, just one. We all know that's Davis Mills sitting with number two in the draft. But there are also a lot of veteran quarterbacks that are out there. I don't know that they're in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, if there is one, all that kind of thing. Lamar ain't going anywhere. Maybe not the name of the guy, but just the theory and the thought of how the Texans attack the quarterback position. I mean, I know that there were a lot of discussions in the coaching hiring process about, hey, what's your plan at number two? What would be your plan, franchise quarterback, moving forward? And a lot of those conversations, from my understanding, were about getting your quarterback through the draft. I mean, I don't think I'm telling anything out of school if everybody really kind of assumes that quarterback is very much in play and the route at number two. But I think, Johnny, the interesting part is, like, we were all just talking about These guys are very different, very different in terms of how they play the quarterback position, these quarterbacks in the top of this draft. Yeah, yeah. And and the way that they are built right? Um, specifically as well. But also I thought Nick said something really interesting to all of us this morning where he used the Eagles as an example and, and kind of went like you, you build mm-hmm. your offense specifically for who you get, which makes me believe maybe we're not set on just one guy because mm. if you can move your offense to that quarterback's strengths yep. – then you can have success. Obviously, we all saw how different Philly's offense is compared to really almost anybody's um, because they built to all of Jalen Hurts' strengths, and obviously he played out of his mind, and they had a very successful offense. So I do think there's a malleable process to number two, I do believe. I don't see him going up to one. Um, I'm just curious, and I want your guys' take on this. What would be the vibe in Houston 
if the Colts, who their general manager, Chris Ballard, has gone on record multiple times saying if it's the quarterback you love, you move heaven and earth to get him. And Jim Mercer has said it clearly that he believes that's Bryce Young. Um, the Colts trade up to one and jump ahead of the Texans and say, take Bryce Young. What would be the mood in Houston? Texans fans would be cursing Rodney Thomas. <laughs> Who should have had a pick on that fourth and 20 pass by David Mills. That's what Mills. the Texans fans would be yeah, doing at that There'll point. There'll be a lot of fans looking like Kyle McNair's face was when I saw it go up on the screen after the <laughs> end of that game. We were all Kyle goes, what just listen, happened? No matter what. I don't think there oh, was man. anybody in that building that wasn't stunned. Exactly. On both sides, yep. in the stadium, nobody. Everybody was stunned like, uh I mean, right? we were all stunned at that moment. I, To your point, James, I – What I, do you think it would be? It's interesting because I felt like two, three weeks ago it was, Texas better get a quarterback and I need it to be Bryce Young or I'm, I'm, I'm rioting. And I feel like that's loosened a little bit. I feel like that's changed a little bit. And it will probably ride the wave. Mm -hmm. um, but, look, we – we want, we want a young, exciting quarterback in that building that we can get excited about. But, you know, I, I've, I've said this about 88 from Georgia. I think he's a transcendent talent, and I got no problems. If that, if that's our, that would be a Jeffrey Simmons that we would have. I wouldn't mind him at two. I, I totally agree with you in that sense. And you know who I think also agrees with that is D'Amico Ryans. I really mm. do, and not just because he's a defensive coach. I think it's because he's a coach that just went to the NFC Championship with Brock Purdy yeah. and understands the value – of all 53 players on the roster. I, I know yeah, this is a quarterback league. Yep. We all are not, you know, denying that fact by any means. But I think we saw very clearly how good of a roster the 49ers had from top to bottom and any quarterback they plugged in. Now, that's part Kyle Shanahan and right. coaching and D'Amico and coaching. So D'Amico was part of that, too. Um, they could win with a variety of quarterbacks. I think D'Amico knows where the Texans are with the number of picks they have the cap space that they have, you're right. If that's your picket, too, I, I don't think Texans fans should be all that upset. I think they just have to know and what believe the plan. that what the plan, plan is. There has yeah. to be right. a plan. Exactly. There has and, to be. And as long as they feel that there's a good plan in place, I think they'll be okay. We'll see how it goes. D'Amico, everybody's in love with the hire, and why not? Of course you would be. James Palmer joining us, NFL Network. All right, Denver's coming into NRG Stadium this year. Ooh, baby. And I know you're very familiar with their work. You're based in Denver, even yeah, though you I cover the whole Yeah, I don't cover them very much. You don't cover them very much. But, <laughs> but I know you, you might now. The last seven years, I have not covered them much. But you're probably going to go back to that facility at some point soon because mm -hmm. Sean Payton is there and Russell Wilson either no longer has an office or something like no, that. No, the office is gone. I'll okay. tell you right now, the office is the gone. The parking spots, are they so gone, The office too? is gone. How Sierra's do you think parking spot's gone. Yeah. How's that going to play out in Denver? Denver. I'm interested to see what Sean can do because I, 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 for everything that you know anybody can say about Sean in terms of how he's made up or how he's wired and uh, the micromanaging, some people say, other people say it's attention to detail. I think <laughs> on the field, I don't know if there's a better on the field teacher than mm. Sean Payton. Mm. I mean, it's it, he is incredible in practice on the field. I think he is what they need um, in terms of an intensity level that's been lacking. I'm not going to lie. The, 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 this past training camp was like a country club. I mean, it was like half wow. days. We're going to stay fresh. Lots of mental reps. And if you've ever been to a training camp practice in New Orleans when Sean has those guys competing, oh, my gosh. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they go at it in practice. Yeah. Those well, DBs we practiced and against corners. Them, so. and yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they go at it. I think it's necessary. I, as we talked about staffs, I've had some – 
some scouts and, and coaches I know uh, from other teams just come up to me like, I really like Sean's staff. I really do. And it's yeah. a lot of what he's doing with that staff is what he's gotten from Bill Parcells, which is like, I like to be around younger coaches. They bring a lot of energy. They bring a lot of – look, he brings in Davis Webb, yeah. 28 yeah. years old. He's going to be coaching 34-year-old Russell Wilson as his quarterback's coach. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Daybol told me the other day, he's like, he's going to blow it out of the water. He's going to crush it. Wow. He, he could have been, been a coach a year before and stayed in Buffalo and opted to play one more season and, and keep playing for a year. And now he joked, well, he throws a touchdown pass in his last pass as an NFL player and becomes a quarterback coach the next year. And I think Sean has established a pretty neat staff in that stuff with Mike Westoff and, and some of the guys that are part of that. Vance Joseph returns uh, as the D.C. It's an interesting staff there, but everybody's just going to see what, what Sean Payton can do with Russell Wilson. And in my personal opinion, I think we all should look at Pete Carroll and say, Pete, I think you were right to not let Russ cook. Yep. Um, yep. I think the way you guys built that was for wins and success for everybody involved. And I don't think it's out of school to say to Russ, if you're Sean Payton, in 20, I think it was 17, they went to Drew Brees and were like, why don't we limit you to do this, this, and this? And they were incredible. Yep. And Drew was fine. Mm -hmm. I, I think – some people look at the word limit and go like, well, then he's not he, – he can't do certain things. Right. It's like, no, what's most successful for the entire organization? Right. Yeah. And that goes back to what Nick's saying in terms of Philly and what they'd like to do in, in Houston. You build your offense to your team's strengths. Don't make guys do things they can't do. And I think you're more successful. We'll see if Sean can do that. What I do know uh, is Russ is very open <laughs> to being coached very hard this offseason uh, and getting things back on track. Yeah, no doubt. The – you spent a lot Tim of time. Tim Kelly walking by? Yeah, that was Tim, Tim Kelly TK walking over by. That's what this, yeah. is, that's what this yeah. is all about. We Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. He's going to be head coach. We love TK. He's fantastic. You know what? We, He's always we got would often here. get that head coaching vibe from him, but yep. it never got it never really got cooking in Houston. Now, Watson led the league in passing that 2020 mm -hmm. season, but they didn't score a lot of points, but who knows? And I wish him success, but not really because yeah. he's in the Titans. division, guys. So I can't have that. Well, I want to talk about a team that's outside the division that I know you spent a lot of time with because they just kept winning and winning and then, of course, won the Super Bowl. So I'm going to ask you a two-part question. Mm -hmm. Maybe related, maybe not. Number one, very simply put, how good is Patrick Mahomes and the things you've seen him do and how much has he grown from that? B, comment and kind of a question. They don't win a Super Bowl without their last two draft classes because 2021 reset the offensive line. And 2022 brought them Isaiah Pacheco and uh, McDuffie and everything else. That draft class was unbelievable the last two years, and it really put them in a position to win. Now, they don't win it without Mahomes, but Mahomes, I don't think, wins it without those draft classes. Your thoughts? I think Brett Veach might be one of the more underrated general managers in this league, mainly because of the history that we – perceive Andy Reid to have yeah. in terms of power in a building, in terms of really making the decisions. Brett Veach is making the call on all these. First off, Brett Veach is the one who pounded the table before he was even, I think, actually general manager for Patrick for Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. He was the one in the building who would not shut up saying we need to trade up for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, so, first off, I don't know if he'll ever be fired by Clark Hunt, considering he brought in Patrick Mahomes. Um, those two draft classes were fantastic. I mean, he, he somehow has the ability, and this is something you shouldn't do in the draft, right? Guys, like, I'm going to fix this position. Like, how do you do that in one offseason? Like, Patrick Mahomes runs for, like, 72 miles behind the line of scrimmage against the Bucks in the Super Bowl, and then he goes and gets Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, 
Trey Smith, Smith and yep. changes their whole offensive line in one offseason. And then he changes the whole secondary right. and the receiving core in this offseason. I mean, just completely changes all of that. I think he deserves a ton of credit. But to Mahomes, you'll love this part. This is this was maybe my favorite story of the whole Super Bowl week. So I'm hanging out with the Chiefs a bunch. I'm at the hotel trying to be near them as much as possible, talk to coaches, everything. And one of their coaches says something to me to where I'm like, I got to ding on this. He goes, you know Pat calls the protections at the line of scrimmage for our offensive line. I'm like, yeah, quarterbacks do that. Yeah. He calls the wrong protection at times on purpose. I go, what? He goes, he's playing chess to the level of like, I know the pressure's coming this way. The protection call should be this. I'm going to call the wrong one on purpose, and I'm not going to tell the O-line because then this pressure's going to come here. I'm going to avoid the pressure. I'm going to throw the hot to that side before they're even there, yards after the catch. Boom, there we go. <laughs> oh, my god. So gosh. I was like, what is – I go, I what? I go, yeah. what? And so I talked to Andrew Wiley, the right tackle. I go, Wiley, you got to run me through these blitz protection meetings that you guys are having. He goes – he goes, man, we're left scratching our head for like a, like five, ten minutes before we finally figure out what Pat is trying to describe to us. He'll be going, listen, I know I got to call this, but guys, I may call this. Just block it as I call it because I want this to happen and this to happen and this to happen and this to happen. And he goes, we're just sitting there going, what? Uh, all right. <laughs> and then it works. And they're like – and so like the, the David Girardi, who just got promoted to be their quarterback coach, yeah. was one of the guys I went to after I heard this. And he was like, man, it's just like – the mental side is more impressive than the physical yep. traits and the physical talent, and that is the best maybe this league's ever seen. Yep. So the mental side is just off the charts. To literally call the wrong protection on purpose, mm. <laughs> and you don't even tell your own offensive line because right. you want to do something with the football is mind-boggling yep. to me. Are you with me that as a runner he's just – so I don't want to say underrated necessarily, but people don't take that into account enough mm -hmm. when they're describing what he does well. Pat will describe himself as, and he said this to me, <laughs> how fast are you, Pat? I'm always faster than the guy chasing me. And, and that is true. He's like, he has this, like, he, <laughs> has, he has this weird knack to just know how fast to go yep. whoever's chasing him. On the injured ankle in the AFC title game, now, remember, it's the right ankle, so – if he rolls to his left, he's that's his inside leg. That's what he's rolling on, and he's not going to be able to run like this. But he rolls to his right, yep. gets pushed out of bounds, they kick the field and go to the Super Bowl. That's the fastest he ran this season in terms of Jeez. miles per hour, yeah. according to next-gen stats. And that's on the ankle seven days after the ankle injury, and that's the fastest he ran. He always says, I'll just always find a way to run faster than the guy who's chasing me. That's incredible. Great Which stories, James. Nice. It's always fun to catch up. Thanks you so much. You guys, too. I'm excited to watch. Let's get down to Houston. I want the Texans' assignment for draft week. Yeah, finally. Yes. I've been Let's there go. before Let's go. Uh, on draft you know day. Where to eat? You know where to go? Come I on. know where to eat. Oh, my God. I know where to eat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll see a bunch this so. season. A bunch this Let's season. Let's do it. There's our buddy James Palmer here at the NFL Scouting Combine. All right, a lot more to get to. I think Randy McElvoy is going to drop by from KPRC Local, too. And as we mentioned, D'Amico Ryans to lead off tomorrow's show at 6 o'clock. It's Texans Radio.
All right, as we head into the final chapter here tonight on Texans All Access from Radio Row at the Combine in Indianapolis, before we get Johnny back in here to close things out, Randy McAvoy, you never know who you're going to run into on the row. And from KPRC Local 2, it's one of your favorite sportscasters. I can't say your favorite because there's so many good ones in town, and I don't want to play favorites. But, Randy, great to see you. I, man, I'm honored to be at y'all's location. This is a fancy setup, man. I like it. It's fancy because the video guys are here, and they want to shoot <laughs> coaches and GMs and those types. When when Nick and D'Amico are done, right. they'll abandon us, Randy, and it'll just be radio audio stuff. Although yeah. we have cameras on our phones these days, of course. We can do a little so, work with that. Yeah, we're going to be just fine. How is spring training, by the way? Because you've been it's on the good. road a lot for yep. KPRC. You're doing spring training, combine all week. How's that going? Yeah, it's been good. It was a good week at West Palm Beach. We went early when the – pitchers and catchers uh showed up uh, day one we decided to go to be their day one coming off the, the championship and uh, they're in games now we left uh obviously before they started playing games but uh hey fun to get a lot of interviews a little concerning about lance mccullers and the elbow but uh hey the guys are, are are ready they had good off seasons uh many of these guys are in the world baseball classic so they're already kind of ahead of schedule because that's going to start here pretty soon it's funny because I think the attention paid to the Astros, for good reason, for who they are, a yeah. dynasty during spring training, is really interesting, engaging. And to me, the combine is kind of spring training for the NFL, even though it's not training camp. Right. It's the same time of year, and this feels like a renewal of sorts. This feels like the beginning of the NFL offseason and a fresh start to the next campaign. It really does. It's good. I, I have not been to the combine in a number of years. We've sent crews here. Not every year, but often we send crews here. But I have, haven't physically come since the year Dave, uh, Derek Carr came out. Right. It's been a while. Back at the, the head of Lucas Oil on that lower level. But, uh, man, it's, it's a great setup, good access to everybody. And we just wanted to be here with all the, the, the buzz now on the Texans. Everybody's excited about D'Amico and what he, he can do now that he's on board. And a chance to get some fresh interviews with these guys and, and hear from, in this case, uh, Nick Casario today, D'Amico Wednesday. Um but uh, people want to hear from these guys, especially coming off the, the uh, staffing hires that he made. Mm -hmm. So we get his first comments on that as well. Okay, so I went to your – it's called an OTT app. All right, so we all watch KPRC Local 2 on regular television, yeah. however you get it. Yeah. You guys also have this app, and it's not just an app on your phone. You have the app on TV. So if you have Fire Stick, Roku, exactly. you download it. Yeah. There's all this stuff on there. Do you put extra stuff on there that's not necessarily on television? Absolutely, yeah. Long form, like any uh, – it's basically just imagine like a – almost like a hamster wheel. It's just continuing to go every day. Yep. It's KPRC 2 Plus. It's the new right. channel. It's all the stations and across the – I mean, it's just the norm now. You're, you're developing the side channel. And it's where you put extra programming. You, you feed it. Keep feeding it. So long-form interviews uh, with what we're going to get today, we'll be able to put on long-form. Mm -hmm. Over the air, obviously I can't run at all, so I'll run snippets like I normally do, but right. we, we, f we feed that. We're going to do a stream show uh, live. It'll be on our website and on, this, on the KPRC2+. Plus. So it's another outlet to kind of get material out there, some content. All right, another plug for the TV station in a weird way. I'm at the airport, and I purchased some water at the KPRC Local 2 store. We appreciate Bush. the business, yeah. Yeah, what appreciate is that all about? I'm thinking, I have no why idea. does the TV station have a store? <laughs> I walked to, if you go down to baggage claim at Hobby, we got a sign down there, too. So really? I, I have no idea. Well, but you got to uh, the airport's covered. It's I good. I know, we're, we're covered at Hobby Airport for sure. But, uh, no, it's good to be here. I'm here just for a few days, but it's good to take it in and uh, – uh, you know, talk some Texas football, man. I think that you guys know you're at it every day, and the the buzz is back. 
I'm fired up for D'Amico oh, sure. uh, getting a chance. I was obviously I've been here a while and I covered him when he played, and uh, and man, I think he's excited to what he can put on this program. It's his now. You know? Do you have the guts to take Drew Doherty's walking wonderlick test? That's what I want to know. Based on the first question, uh, I think I would <laughs> fail miserably at that. But uh, I want to. I'm looking forward to more of the questions. He's throwing so. math at people on the street. Randy, thanks a lot for joining us. You got it, guys. All right, let's get Johnny back in here. Johnny, biggest takeaway of the day, as we saw a lot of Ooh. GMs and coaches at the podium. We caught up with Nick Casario. Your thoughts? Yeah, catching up with Nick was great. Um, of course, me breaking the news to him that he's traded the number one pick for <laughs> the number one pick nice two and three. that was good um but uh you know there's so much it always find him interesting when he's on with us because we'll talk about something and there are some things that get out there in the in the blogosphere the twitter sphere the talkosphere and then he comes in and says well look just gotta handle the noise and kind of deal with it and We'll get it to the right place when it comes. And I think just the way that he approaches it and how compartmentalized he looks at this, because can you imagine being a GM and you've got these agents that want to talk about their you know, current players. And then you've got agents that are like, hey, we're interested in Houston now because D'Amico's there and there's a lot good. There's a good vibe going on. Mm-hmm. And then you got these prospects. And so you're hearing from the agents of the prospects. And then you've got the league year coming up in a couple of weeks, new league year coming up. And you got all these prospects. I mean, it's just a lot. The fact that he can compartmentalize all of that, this is the time for this, this is the time for this, he makes it seem so easy when we know it's definitely not. Absolutely not easy. And I think the conversations that take place that we don't hear are probably the most interesting ones here at the Scouting Combine, but that's another subject for another day. You know, I'm wondering if there's a bigger news item to come out of this week's activities than Bryce Young's height and weight. It's coming. Is that the biggest thing that's going to come out? Plus the Richardson throwing session. And I cite him more than any other because he's the one with the most questions that's that's slated to go high, right? But other quarterbacks, we talked about your buddy from Fresno State. Yesterday we talked about him. We talked about some others, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, Is is Duggan going to throw here? I would think he would. Yeah. I would think he would. I would think anybody that's not guaranteed to be a top five, top ten pick should probably do their activities. Jalen mm-hmm. Carter's not eh, for good reason. Guy played sixteen games this year, 15, 15 games. Now he missed a couple for injury, so thirteen. But you know, guys that played at Georgia and TCU played a lot of games. So I could see if you're gonna be a top two pick like Jalen Carter seemingly is going to be, you'd you could I don't want to say take the day off, but you don't have to work out. Save it for your pro day. Your pro days are coming up pretty quickly anyways. Pro days are coming up next week. So it's okay if you step aside if you're that caliber. If you're not, compete, do what you got to do, and and rock on. 30 seconds, you tell me, will your Harris 100 evaluations change much based on what you see here? Not necessarily. The only thing that might happen is if there's somebody that – and there are a couple of guys that at the very end I was like, you know what, I feel like I need more time with them. And so that might change if they really test well, that it'll kind of put the, the burr on my backside, but not really. No, I feel pretty good about where we are. Okay, I feel really great about where we are here on Radio yeah. Row and broadcasting from here. We're going to have D'Amico Ryans on Wednesday's show. We have Daniel Jeremiah, Greg Cosell, others coming up later this week. Plenty of AFC South talk. It's all on the way. As we continue, go to the Texans app at the HoustonTexans.com website for more info on all of our coverage. Have a great night. Go Texans!